This station is being brought to you via Nolsoft Shoutcast streaming technology. For more information, visit shoutcast.com. Star Wars on Direct is brought to you by SimpleNet. With SimpleNet, obtain a low-cost advertising for your company or, quite simply, a space to put your personal website online. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Communications disruption can mean only one thing. Here they come. The coordinates might have been that's pulling us in. You may fire when ready. Commence primary ignition. Welcome to Star Wars on Direct number 70 for this January 8, 2006. I'm joined today by Brian, my yes. co-host. And we've got a special guest that we're going to keep secret until like further in the show. That's all. That's all I have, that's all I have to say. Uh, tonight's main subject is going to be the new Essential Chronology. And we got for you, yes, yes, my fair friends. Well, we've been... We, hold on. Let, let's, let's drag it out a bit more, okay? <laughs> so, so, we've postponed the show since... November, something like that, yeah. For to bring you the best 
possible experience about the new essential chronology. Exactly. Yeah. And what is that experience? You well, have an interview with the author himself, Daniel Wallace. So he's going to be here tonight with us in approximately 20-ish minutes. Uh, of course, Brian, you want to go on and tell people how they can contact us tonight? It's all very confusing, Sebastian, now, okay? I know, because I've changed You've changed it up. You rattled my cage. I moved everything up. So you can reach us by email at studio at swendirect.com. You can get our, uh, our chat. You can uh, watch us on the webcam. And you can listen to us live, get our blog, and get to our awesome Star Wars on Direct message boards all through the main page, which is at www.swendirect.com. You can also reach us by MSN Messenger, so you can send us your telephone number, so we can have you live on the air. Yes, people. By MSN Messenger, contact us at swendirect at hotmail.com. That's right. And uh, we would love to talk to you. We just we just crave to talk to you people. That's so all about. That's it's what it's all it's, about. It's all about the community. Of course, we're still using the same good old sound card, which up to this day still hasn't crashed on us. So you know, we're we're touching wood. We're hoping it's gonna keep on going that way. Thank you very much. And uh, we're just gonna go on like that. So. <laughs> yeah, it's sign language, man. It's sign language. You're, you're totally disturbing me. Anyhow, okay. I want to say that uh, 2006 is the be- beginning of a new year. It's also the beginning of a new like format for the show. I want to do something a little bit more fluid, a little bit more entertaining, a little bit more access slash Hollywood, something like that, you know? So we're going to have some fun. Uh, I want to say that Star Wars on Direct is going to go on for this year and for the years after this year because we're all about bringing the community together which is the community of fandom of fan force of all the Star Wars fandom out, out there uh, whether it is the fan audio community the fan film community we got uh, is that like like people can hear me having fun with a DVD case right now and they can see it on the webcam we got something coming up with a new fan documentary yeah lining up uh Lining up TV. I just got it last week. Fans Gone Wild. There's a reason for the, like that particular title on there. So we, it's it's very promising. Uh, we're we're going to take a very good look at it, and uh, we're going to come back to you on this. And, uh, of course, I want to remind all of you that, yes, this is 2006. This is only the 29th anniversary of Star Wars year. It's probably going to be like the year where almost nothing happens, but fear not, 2007 is coming up, and even though we haven't heard anything yet about a Star Wars Celebration 4, we know it's coming, it has to be coming. Sebastian, so, um, you might want to check out your MSN situation. I want to check out my MSN situation? Yes, and, and people don't fret about, you know, ooh, 2006 is not going to have anything Star Wars. It's not true. I've got some exciting news in the miscellaneous news that's going to excite you, the pulse. Lots of awesome stuff coming up. We've got lots of new books that are coming out. Lots of really cool, awesome books. The whole Legacy of the Force series starts this year, so there shouldn't be any there shouldn't be any worry about that. We've got the EU working. We've got miniatures still coming out. Collecting, you know, Hasbro has the contract till 2017. <laughs> That's good. 2018 actually isn't. Yeah, it's 2018. And so it's no problem. We're not going anywhere, and nor is the fandom, so we hope that you, the fans, will be staying with us, and we'll be keeping on making the fandom what it is. 
which is for you, the fans. Uh, I want to mention that tonight, of course, we're going to have author Daniel Wallace on the show. If you have any questions for him about the Essential Chronology, the Guide to Robots, and all that vehicles, and all the other Essential Guides he wrote, folks, tonight's the night. It's your turn. Just go into My Room 1 in the chat room over on our website. Drop your questions over there, and uh, we're going to go through them uh, right before we actually, you know, ask him any questions. But for sure, we're going to, you know, try and get as many fan questions in there as possible. Um, Other than that, uh, I want to go into a little bit of listener feedback for uh, the past year. We got a New Year resolution where we're going to be, like, you know, simmering down a little bit. Less swearing and all that. So, okay. Brian, it's like Danny has talked to us about it. You have to get it out all of your system. You want to do it now? Now's the time. No, I'm fine. You're fine? I'm fine. You're going to be okay? Yes. You sure? I don't like the censure, man. Don't, don't censor me. Okay. It's going to come out. But if it does, you know what we're going to do. We're going to replace it with, ah, roots of Jar Jar Binks and stuff like oh, that. Oh, I'm sorry. So, n- now you've been warned. This is, this is a disincentive. People are going to stop listening to us. <laughs> you know that. No, they won't. If, if you like me swearing, write in. <laughs> Don't put up with this kind of censor. Censorship, you're against oh, censorship and all that. Let's, totally. let's move it up to bitch. That's right. Okay. So, uh... Did you just swear? No, I said let's move it up a bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh huh. Yo, so uh, let's talk about some movies that came out during the uh, the holidays. Uh, I saw Grandma's Boys in uh, premiere this past week, and uh, last night we actually went to the movies and we saw fun with Dick and Jane. You know what? I read an article in the paper this morning about uh, Grandma's Boys. Oh yeah. It was it, it was from the it was through an affiliate uh, newspaper in Orlando. Okay. And it was like basically it boiled down to stoner comedy sucks. Okay, well, let me put it this way. And it's all like, oh, it's all people who are shit and they can't, they can't write or get for their lives. And Adam Sandler's buddies make this, and it's like the the director is some guy who used to push, like, uh, used to take film canisters and load them into a back of a truck on a film lot. They're talentless hacks. But let me tell you something, Mister Journalist. The people that are hired at the lowest rung of the Hollywood ladder. That's the way the Hollywood system works. You start at PA, you're hauling the film cans to the back of the truck, that's your job. But then slowly, through making contacts, you make your way up the ladder. I don't know how you got your job, but I think that with your writing talent, you should have stayed in the mailroom. It probably was some left elbow grease or something like that. Anyhow, uh... I just want to say, Grandma's Boys, if you liked any of the movies of Adam Sandler, if you liked Harold and Kumar, which isn't a movie of Adam Sandler, uh, you should go see it, because it's hilarious. If you're a gamer, you should go see it, because it's hilarious. Uh, if you've got, like, little kids that are under 14, you probably shouldn't go see it with them, but you should go see, the, see it alone, because you'll have a laugh for sure. As for Fun with Dick and Jane, it's also a movie that starts up really, really well, with a very nice little caption on the screen, which is... A long time ago, in the year 2000. So that's just like a very good beginning to a very good movie by Jim Carrey. Canada represent. And uh, well, you know, in Grandma's Boys, they got this like phony poster game that says Canada must die. That's pretty. Funny. So take a look at it and take a look at all the other posters that are in the background. It's really, really funny and hilarious. Uh, these are 
two comedies I highly recommend you go see in theater. If you don't want to pay full price, at least go see the matinee, but they're really, really like worth enjoying price in theater. Yeah. Y- y- you know what? Um, bat- start the new the second half of the Battlestar Galactica started on Friday, and I start I saw the first episode and I was just wow astounded. It's yeah. so good. Anyone else in Canada who hasn't seen it yet, and you're waiting for it on space? Yeah. Order the DVDs on Amazon. Get get the first half of the season from the states because it's worth it. Oh, it's so good. All right. So Brian, who's with us right now tonight? Christina, Admiral, Adra, Arnie, uh, Delos, Castra, Philonius, Goddess, Gpoi, uh, Lunatic, Octavius Three, Pyro Pingu. Is that, is that is that Linux or is that anime? Um, I, I'm guessing it's Linux. Okay. Raven, Skylover, Sokotai, Nathan, and Tigerclaw. All right. Well, all of you are part of the Star Wars on Direct community for tonight. And oh, and, and I'd just like to thank Danny for counting the amount of times I swore asshole. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> he is. He's being uh, a real twat. That fucking prick. <laughs> what an asshole. He's uh, a real piece at work. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, on with the show. And welcome back to the show with now the community update. Well, it's six months until the Midwest Regional Meeting of the Fan Force. Uh, it will be from June 9th to the 11th in St. Louis. Uh, MO is that Minnesota? Missouri? Missouri? Where is St. Louis? St. Louis is in Missouri, right? No. I have no idea. It's like me in the States. I forget. It's in St. Louis, people. MO. For those of you who know what that, I- that means. <laughs> Midwest, it's probably Missouri, isn't it? No, Missouri. It's not Michigan. Missouri. Admiral says it's Missouri. It's Missouri. Okay, thank you, Admiral. So it's going to be from June 9th to the 11th. Of course, we'll come back on this further on uh, during the course of this year. Until then, we want to mention the fact that uh, action, adventure, and movie making is still at the Carnegie Science Center in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, until May 1st. The art, of, the art and Science of Star Wars is still at the Studi Science L'Industrie in Paris, France, uh, till August 27th. Star Wars, where science meets imagination, is at the Museum of Science in Boston, Massachusetts, until April 30th. The Art of Star Wars in Singapore at the Science Center is on until April 3rd. And uh, in upcoming uh, events, we want to mention that George Lucas will be attending the People's Choice Award on CBS on January 10th and uh, Harrison Ford and Natalie Portman will be at the 63rd annual Golden Globe Awards on NBC on January 16th so we'll, we'll probably like have the TV on while we'll be doing the show during those events just so we can you know keep you up to what's been happening and who's going to win at the Oscars it's all fixed StarWarsFanWorks.com the home of Star Wars Fan Audio on the internet It's your home for Star Wars fan audio genre news, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas. 
with behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an internet movie database-style directory of the entire Star Wars Fan Audio community, and the only Fan Audio community-recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com. Fandom has a whole new sound. And in this month's uh, releases of Fan Audio, well, there's a lot of things uh, going on right now on Star Wars FanWorks. Uh, Runaway casting is now complete. Hot on the heels of bad news from Fan Audio drama fans, the cancellation of A Summer's Dream, which I'll come back to later. Uh, there's good news on audio, other audio drama front. Matt Lowen, writer of the upcoming eight-episode of Anthology Runaway, has let us know that casting for that episode is now complete. Cast is as follow: Ben Lowen as from Star Wars FM as the father, Eric Halp as the smuggler and Count Dooku, Matt Lowen as Shaq T, uh, Nathan P. Butler as Lanshear, Yoda, and as a centered role as the anthology series narrator. Newcomer Rachel Biz as mother and another newcomer Steve Anderson as the restaurant manager and Kai Mundi. Runaway marks the audio drama writing debut of Matt Lowen and will be mixed by frequent audio drama mixer Steve Flaherty, who also makes No Way Out to Overcome, Nothing Changes, The Old Timer Tales, and The Holo Advertisement. So I mentioned it earlier, A Summer Dream has been cancelled, sadly enough, after almost two years. The distance the project was publicly announced on January 17, 2004. Keith Abbott's A Summer Dream audio drama project has been officially cancelled. Summer Dream uh, was to be an audio drama adaptation of a story from the Star Wars Tales comic book series, Uh, akin to Ted Alderman and Brian Henry Resurrection. The story in question, also entitled Summer Dream, uh, was written by Terry Moore and first appeared in Star Wars Tales number 5. After the release of Rise of Nobility, the first Shaven Wookiee SIC production, uh, Star Wars Old Drama in September of 2003, A Summer's Dream became one of two new Old Drama projects launched by the Rond creative team. As for the reasons behind the cancellation of ASD, Abbott cites software problems when switching to Windows XP from previous version of the operating system. Damn you, Microsoft! Plus an issue that yes, puts yes, yes. His, Damn you, Microsoft. his own accent and his desire to play the role of lead character at odds. Second of the two post-run projects from Shaven Wookiee alumni, a project ri- being written by Linda Lyons and titled Sur- Surrender of Promise, remains in the works, but is reportedly still two years later, only in the writing stages. Of the Rise of Nobility website also reports that the lead actress who would be needed for SOP has gone missing. Uh, one, one more thing on the progress of SOP as uh, we learn more from Mao. We wish Keith Habit and the team behind the Hellfated ASD well in their future. We wish them well in their future audio endeavors, should they come to pass. Alright, Star Wars and Beyond gets a new co-host since in premiere in uh, September of 2004. Robbie Chaston's Star Wars and Beyond has been one host radio show. The program was recently relaunched in December of 2005. To return more to its root of Star Wars and more, the concept uh, that was inspired by Ronnie's on Radio and together with RZR inspired the Butler Universe, uh, now word that there is somebody new coming into Swab. Somebody that's uh, that is actually you know known to the fan audio community, and his name is Brian Patrick Stoyle. Stoyle has previously played the re- lead role of Zalron Kell in the Razor's Edge audio multi-patch audio drama Always in Motion: Ambush on Ankara. Later, returning to Razor's Edge audio to be a segment contributor for the premiere episode of Other Voices. He is currently handling voices acting roles such as Crix Madine in EU2 Ojo Core, Conquest of the Empire Ojo Drama Series. 
Furthermore, Bookies has released a new show. Star Wars Bookies has returned with uh, the first impression series episode focusing on Trident Ending's Darkness trilogy finale, The Swarm War, which we will be talking about here in the coming shows. First, uh, Requiem of the Outcast uh, is, is, is has come out and will is it's number 27, featuring discussions on voice work. The episode feature a short interview with Scott Sigler, her core and ancestor, a discussion with Jeffrey Brilslam, and a discussion on whether face actors are taking over from voice actors. Second Requiem of the Outcast, number 27.5, features a full interview with Scott Sigler. This is definitely one that audio fans won't want to miss out on. Have you heard about the iTunes iBit torrent petition, Brian? No, I haven't, but I'm sure I think I know what it is. Well, uh, Julius Harper from uh, Trek Wars The Free Conflict, he has let us know about a current online petition that may be of interest to fan audio enthusiasts. The petition calls for the integration of BitTorrent technology into future versions of iTunes to change how materials are downloaded. For more information, you can see the link to the petition at uh, new.petitiononline.com slash itnsbttr slash petition.html that will, that will all be in our show notes uh, I'm going to go over to speaking about Julius uh, Trek Wars creator he's about to launch Silent Universe on February 15 Julius Harper the creator of Trek Wars of Free Conflict is branching out seeking to release an original work of science fiction OGO Harper will release a new audio series entitled Silent Universe on February 15, 2006. The tale is set in the future and blends elements of Battlestar Galactica and 24 to craft a future hunted by terrorism, rogue dictators, and nuclear proliferation. For more information, you can go to silentuniverse.com. Wow. A mix between Battlestar Galactica, 24, and rogue dictators and hunted by terrorism. That sounds like Danny right now. Sounds like fun. <laughs> uh, you were mentioned. We were talking about the Oscars, which you mentioned you were, that were fixed. Well, here's something that's not fixed, and it's a 2006 Fan Audio Awards. And uh, to be- to become a part of the, the the people that will be voting, you have to, to of course go to uh, StarWarsFanWorks.com, register to the, the boards over there, and the voting will be happening from January 15th to the 31st. However, you have to be like you know. A little bit involved in the community, so you got to chat about what's happening out in our community of Fanojo on the board. Do I count though? And uh, no, you don't count. Why? Well, because you're biased. It's like you have to. That's it. But that's the way the academy works, though, Sebastian. Yeah. Well, just don't mention it. (laughs) (laughs) You want us to win or not? (laughs) So of course, uh, you might want to go take out a look uh, before uh, the final eligibility. Eligibility lists are being drawn up right now. Lists will be finalized soon, and voting will be carried out from January 15th to January 31st. Winner will then be announced in a special 2006 award recap episode of Robbie Chaston's Star Wars and Beyond. And thus concludes the incredible fan audio news. So now we're going to be taking a short break, Star Wars on Direct, and when we'll be back, we'll be back with none other than author of New Essential Chronology. Daniel Wallace. So now's the time to actually go to my room one in our chat room over on www.starwarsondirect.com and put in all your questions for that for the guy and just like let yourself loose. We're gonna make sure that Brian's gonna go over all the questions and we're gonna 
Ask well, a lot of questions from the from, from from the fans. Exactly. During the interview, you can also put your questions there. I'll be checking it. Yeah. And worst case scenario, you can also like MSN me, but chances are I might like turn you down because I'll be busy doing the interview and all that. So we'll talk to you later on Star Wars on Direct the Voice of Star Wars Fandom. Every collector deserves the best. That's why our main goal at Federation Toys is to guarantee the highest quality items for the lowest prices. Yes, of course. Come by Federation Toys for Star Wars collectibles. Satisfaction guaranteed. Yes, that's right. Roger, roger. All Star Wars and Direct listeners will get a 5% discount on their purchases. For years, sci-fi fans have toiled at making fan films, podcasts, and goofy flash animations to obscure techno music. They work hard. Give them their props. Watch, listen, and talk back. <clears throat> at planetfandom.com Go that way. You'll be malfunctioning within a day, you that it's a scrap pile. <laughs> The following program is intended for mature audiences. Are you stuck up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerd? You tell that slimy piece of worm-ridden filth to get no such pleasure from us. Parental discretion is advised. Hi, my name is Peter Mayhew. I play Chewbacca on Star Wars, and you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom, ladies and gentlemen. It's been it's been a long road to get us all to this way here, and uh, now that we're here, Brian ran away. And Brian suddenly <laughs> hit his head coming back down into the studios. So I'm going to let him like sit down, put the headphones back on. You know, How you doing, Brian? Uh, my head hurts. You okay? Are we on the air? Yeah, we're on the air. Ow, my head hurts. <laughs> well, Brian, let me, let me ask you a question. When you do a lot of research you know, for your extra like Star Wars game or minis games that you, know, you create scenarios and all that, uh-huh. and you need some reference books... Which reference do you use? New Essential Guide to Chronology. Amongst uh, the others, yeah. of course. Well, this, the, the RPG source books are okay, but this is the best one. All the Essential Guides are really, really, you know, very good for, like, ship references, character references, or droid references. Mm-hmm. And, well, tonight we're talking about the New Essential Chronology, and we have with us author of four, soon to be five, of those Essential Guides, uh, Mr. Daniel Wallace is with us tonight. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, it's our pleasure. As we as we were telling uh, all the folks earlier, it's been uh, it's been a long time since we wanted you on the show, and uh, we're just really really happy to have you with us tonight. So we're gonna go straight into this incredible interview, and uh, I want to ask you, like, where do you come from? Who is the man? To whom we owe the new essential chronology and the actual essential chronology in the first place? Well, I think there's probably two answers to that. The, 
basic answer is, uh, you know, I'm a writer. I do freelance writing. Um, I'm from the Detroit area, and, you know, I've been able to get a lot of projects over the last 10 years that uh, have been very good to me. I've been lucky. The real answer is I'm just part of that Star Wars generation that grew up with that. I was I was seven years old when the original movie came out, and like a lot of people who are in their 30s now who just kind of got hit with the original release of A New Hope at the time, it just it just took over people's lives, and it was like nothing that had ever been seen before, especially when if you were young. And uh, I just kind of grew up with it. I just it was, at the time when I was a kid, it uh, obsessed me, and I was so into it, and I got my hands on everything I could possibly learn about it. And then maybe around late 80s or so, it kind of went into a hiatus, and I kind of went away from it. And then when the internet started to kind of come together in about 1993 or 1994 is when I really got online and I started messing around on discussion boards and I found like-minded people who were into discussing Star Wars and that really kind of was a little feedback loop as I met more and more people and we talked more and more about it. I didn't get less interested, I got more interested and then the expanded universe came about around the same time and kind of found myself in a position where I really knew this stuff, and I was lucky enough to get some jobs where I could actually turn that into uh, an assignment or a job and put out a, a product that other people wanted to read and found useful. So I've been doing that ever since. All right. So what exactly, to the best of your recollection, would be your first ever Star Wars memory? Well, the first ever Star Wars memory was, um, like I said, I was I was seven when it came out, and there are a couple of things. I remember it had just been released, and a friend of mine at school, I was probably in second grade at the time, had been talking about Star Wars, and he said, oh, it's this great movie, you got to go see it. And first he called it Star Wars, and like the first day he mentioned it, I, I had this image that it was about wars. I thought it was about like World War II, and so I thought it was a, a war movie, like with, uh, uh, you know, guys storming the beach at Normandy or something like that. And I was like, eh, that doesn't sound very interesting to me, you know, at seven years old. And then the next day he came back and was telling me more about it. And he, it, what he, he kept repeating this bit, which was that he, there's this cool scene where the he's stuck in the garbage disposal. And I didn't know what he was talking about. And I thought, he was talking about a garbage disposal like you might have in your sink. Like you put food down your sink and you turn on the garbage disposal and he meant the trash compact, but I didn't know that. And so I thought that there was somehow a kitchen involved and a garbage disposal, and that people must be really small to fit down the garbage. And I thought, it still doesn't sound like something I want to see. So finally, I actually did go see it, and, you know, it just kind of knocked me out. And uh, that was, I mean, that, that when I came back, that was really my first hour. Another funny thing that I do remember, which was kind of the way our memories play tricks on, them, on us, but I could have sworn... That first night, I remember sitting there just amazed at having seen this movie, and I was talking to my friends, and I said, do you remember that one scene where Luke Skywalker shoots a stormtrooper, and the stormtrooper collapses like like all the parts of him have, have, uh, have come apart, like he collapses in a heap, like all his pieces come undone, and I could have sworn there was a scene like that in the movie, and then I saw it again, and it wasn't in there, and I was like, 
that must be crazy. And it wasn't until like years later that I actually definitively found out there was not seen in there. But I must have been uh, half asleep or had some sort of 105 degree fever dream or, or what it was. But uh, that false memory might be my first Star Wars memory. Okay, which is still like a fairly good tale to say to to to, to all the other fans when you meet them. So, uh, how did you actually get involved into, you know, the Star Wars fandom after the Star Wars movie came came to be? Well, the real Star Wars fan, I know the Star Wars fan when uh, the movies came out. You know, I kind of grew up just like everybody else. So I, I grew up as a fan, but most people my age were fans when they were in, you know, the early or the late 70s, early 80s, mid 80s. Pretty much everybody was a fan, but I didn't really become maybe a super fan or become involved in fandom until the mid, I mean the early 1990s, because I started to, to get interested in the internet was just kind of taking off around that time, and I was like, God, I gotta, gotta get in on that, and so I got a computer and I messed around for a little while, and I found uh, there's a FidoNet Star Wars Echo, which is a collection of message boards. And I messed around there for a little bit, but I didn't spend a lot of time there. And about the same time, I, I found uh, America Online was getting going around that time. And uh, there was a great community of Star Wars fans on America Online. And I kind of made a little home there. And for a couple of years, I was a really active part of that AOL Star Wars fan club. And that kind of led me to doing those types of things. And ultimately, I think that's what really led to me getting the job because the reason why I ended up getting an assignment, an official assignment to write the new essential guide to planets and moons, which was my first official job, was because, in part, because I had, on my own as a fan, I had done a fan list of planets in the Star Wars movies and the Star Wars Expanded Universe at that time because I was so into the AOL community and I was like... Or just into the fan thing, so I said, you know, it would be cool, it would be cool if I could make this file of all the planets that have ever been mentioned in the Star Wars movies and in the Zahn books and in the Brian Daly books and all that and put it together in a, in a list. At the time, there weren't all that many books, so it was feasible that somebody could actually do that. And I did that, and I made it available for download on AOL software libraries. And the fact that I had done that was... Uh, a big point in my favor, I think, when Lucasfilm was deciding on authors to write the Essential Guide to Planets and Moons, they probably figured, well, at least this guy knows the planets. <laughs> so, um, so really, I, I would say that the whole fandom thing led to me being an official writer. I mean, it, it definitely did. All right. So you sort of like answered my next question, which was going to be, how did you get the job working? Uh, within the Star Wars universe, but like, can you go a little bit more into details into that? Like, did you approach Delray or did they approach you? Well, it was Lucasfilm. It was it was Lucasfilm that originally approached me, and at the time, I had already known. And this was going back to that whole um, online Star Wars fandom and the AOL Star Wars fan club, which was really active. I was really active in it, like 1994, 1995, and um, a lot of well, not a lot, but several Star Wars authors were a part of that community as well. Uh, Tom Beach, who wrote the Dark Empire comics, and Kevin Anderson, who wrote the Jedi Academy trilogy, were 
regular members of that community. And um, I knew some other people from, from other areas. I got to know Steve Sansweet, uh, and I got to know Kevin Anderson pretty well. And um, really, they those guys, the guys at Lucasfilm were the guys who knew that there was a need to write an essential guide to planets and moons. And uh, Steve Sansweet helped out with it, and Kevin Anderson also uh, helped out with it and said, hey, this guy knows a lot about planets. And then it was Lucy Wilson at the time, who was the director of publishing at Lucasfilm, just called me on the phone and said, you know, hey, are you interested in writing a Star Wars book? Which, for like a fan to get a call like that, is this was in 1995 that I got that call, so it was 10 years ago. But to get that call, it was just, I was just floored, you know. <laughs> and um, she didn't ask, offer me the job. She said, are you interested? And of course I said, yes. And then I had to go through a process. I had to write a couple of spec pieces, sample pieces about planets and all that, because I had been published before, but it was mostly, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, like I had written for a newspaper and I had written for a literary magazine in college, so it was pretty small potato stuff. Uh, but I did make it through that process, and then she offered me the job for real, and ever since then I've, I've been able to get assignments based on that. So again, I, I really consider myself really, really, really lucky to have gotten the breaks that I got at the beginning. <laughs> do you consider your do you consider yourself more of a fan now than you were then? I don't no, I don't consider myself more of a fan. I don't consider myself less of a fan though either because it's it's different I guess in that I'm a really big fan. Still I mean I'm a giant fan of Star Wars, but it's different than when maybe 10 years ago before I had an official assignment versus having worked kind of in the process for 10 years um, because the difference is that it's like you kind of see how the sausage is made. And so, like, you see how the writers, you see how a book comes together from outline through editing and the books that get rejected or ideas that get rejected. And, and it's, it's just a different process than when you just, when I was a fan 10 years ago or coming, a book's coming out, oh great, and I'll come down to the bookstore and I'll buy the book and I'll sit there and I'll read it and I'll have no idea what's going to happen until I crack the cover. And doing it where you're kind of more of a, of a participant in the process is a little different because, you know, like I said, you kind of see the inner workings of it and it makes a little less of a surprise. Um, but it certainly doesn't make me any less of a fan. It just, changes the relationship that you have with the product a little bit. So like when Revenge of the Sith comes out, and I'm like, oh man, I'm so excited to go see it. But at that point, I have I read the script like a year ago, and I, you know, I'm certainly not complaining, <laughs> but it's a different process because you kind of know what's happening. So it's more of, I wonder how they're going to do, I wonder what the effect is going to look like when they do this versus, oh my God, I wonder what's going to happen, you know. So um, it's, a, it's a different thing. And certainly... Anyone listening, I'm not complaining. <laughs> well, as I like to to put it to uh, to fans listening to the show, I did the uh, the hyperspace segment, which was the entire spoilers that we could find on episode three every week, and it was it was basically going into the movie around the same point as you, except I had the images on top of things, and I was still saying to all the fans, it's like until I saw what George Lucas put to the screen. I just I haven't seen episode three, so that's why I don't really care about spoilers. But you had you had the official script, so it's a little bit different, but still. Yeah, 
Yeah, and it's still fun to see because you see how things come together. Uh, you know, I mean, as long as I talk about the scripts and all that, it's, a, it's an interesting process because um, you even if you read a script, and, and often scripts are leaked before a movie comes out, and you can, if you really want to, you can probably read scripts before you go see a movie for most movies nowadays. But um, I've learned in the Star Wars process is the script is, you know, maybe one-tenth of the movie experience. And so you might read the script and say, oh, yeah, I know what's going to happen, but... Um, it's so different, you know, because there's a million other things that are not in the script, which is the acting, the character inflection, the, you know, the screen presence of the characters, the visual effects, the stunt work, the art direction, and all those things that you don't see through a script. So it certainly, even reading a script isn't necessarily going to spoil you entirely. That's it. Um, what actually turned you on to the expanded universe of the Star Wars universe? I, like I said, I was a huge fan when I was a kid, but after Return of the Jedi, I kind of went into hiatus a little bit, and I I think the thing that made me a fan was not the uh, release of Heir, Heir to the Empire by Timothy Zahn, although that was a really big one. I remember picking that up at the store and being so excited about it, but I think the expanded universe thing that really made me interested in the workings of the universe was the... Um, I'm trying to remember what it was called. It was the Star Wars source book, which was a role-playing game supplement that West End Games put out in 1987. So it was a few years after Return of the Jedi, but a little older at the time, and I was working in a bookstore, and I was shelving books, and I saw it, and I'm like, well, this is kind of cool. And I flipped through it, and I'm like, this is really cool. And I still have it. I still have the original one I bought in 1987, and it's a, it's a great resource. It was the first thing that really kind of treated it treated it like an encyclopedia. It was it was four role-playing games that had statistics and all that, but it was, you know, there was a chapter about droids and the history of droids and classifications of droids and a, a chapter about starships and different types of starships and what this starship that you saw in Return of the Jedi what it was actually called. And I thought that was... I'd never seen anybody do anything like that before for Star Wars. That was the first time I'd still seen that you could treat it like a real place and uh, kind of treat it like it had its own laws and its own categories and its own rules and how everything fit together. And that book really kind of set me off as, wow, this is this is cool. This could really be done. And, and going forward from that, I always kept an eye out for West End Games uh, books like uh, Death Star Technical Companion was another one that I was a huge fan of and a couple other things that were a little encyclopedic in their way that they leave things out. And um, so I would, I would give a, the nod to... All right. Now, I got a tricky question for you. And you were just talking about the West End Games books. Yep. S so I want you to tell us, who is Voren Nahal? Uh, Voren Nahal, yes. He is... Um, well, here's the, uh, the, the short answer is he's a historian. The long answer is he is a West End Games character who was created by West End Games. He was the guy who narrated all their original books. They all had the conceit that they were written by this historian named Warren Nall. And I always thought that was kind of neat. And I always thought it would be really cool if somebody could actually give him a shout-out, because I don't think Warren has been heard from since the demise of West End Games, which was I don't know, in the late 90s. So the new 
essential chronology actually has an introduction which is written by Voren and apparently since the establishment of the Galactic Federation of Free Alliances he has moved up in the world he is now Archivist Emeritus oh I see which is still a good title yes okay so talking about all the the, the, the basic chronological uh, mishaps that could have happened at all times in, within the Star Wars universe uh, how hard is it to work with an universe such as this and to actually put out a book such as The Essential Chronology um, you mean like putting all the because there's so many different things happening in so many different time frames yeah and some some almost overlapping on each other you know I don't think it's as difficult as it could be <laughs> which is which is one thing that I'm thankful for because um, I'm also I don't know if you're a fan or listeners are a fan of something like the DC Comics universe or the Marvel Comics universe but I, I'm a fan of both of those universes as well and those are a lot harder to figure out and the reason why is because the Knowledge Universe it, it doesn't have any relationship to our own reality and so therefore you can and Lucasfilm to their credit has said okay listen here's this year here's the stuff that happens in this year and now it's full. Usually they say it's full. And here's, you want to do a story? Okay, well, this year's full. Let's do it in this year. And everything has a spot. Everything fits into things. And they've been doing it that way for, uh, ever since pretty much the, you know, the establishment of the expanded universe in, you know, the early 90s. Um, it could be so much harder. Uh, they could not care about those type of things. And they could just let everything just go wherever it may. Um, and they don't. And going back to the the DC Comics and Marvel Comics examples, those are examples where you have a situation where you have a character like Spider-Man and you have a character like Superman, and they're supposed to be young. They don't actually want those characters to age in real time. So the fact that how do you have a story where Spider-Man is related to, involved with somebody who's fighting the Vietnam War, and then you know he's in his 20s and now he's still in his 20s today, and there's various ways that they do it, but none of them are particularly clean, and none of them are nearly as clean as the way Star Wars does it, where everything is in its proper place. So when you do the chronology, it's a matter of finding all the pieces and repositioning them in their proper place. And how how can you how do you do that? Do you actually like take post-its, write up each and every little event, and go on a huge wall uh, in your office and just like move the, the, the post-its around? Well, I, I've already read pretty much everything. Um, pretty much everything. There's some things that I haven't read in recently. There's a couple of things that I, I still need to catch up on. There's some Jedi Apprentice novels that I haven't caught up to on yet, but for the most part I've read pretty much everything. So I'm familiar with most of the stories, but it doesn't mean that I can remember them all just off the top of my head. So when I'm doing that, I, I I sit down and I say, okay, well, here's where everything's got to go. And I start to make a list of all the sources and then make sure that I'm putting them in the right places. And rather than put post-it notes, I'll just make a big file. I'll just start the file, basically the outline file. And I'll start to, you know, if this story, this Clone Wars story goes, goes here, I'll put it, you know, in this section of the manuscript or this section of the outline. And then uh, 
if I find out later that it needs to move, then I'll just take the whole couple of paragraphs and I'll move them somewhere else, and then I'll make sure that I can change the text to kind of put it in its new spot. And um, it's it's easier than it's easier than than you think uh, because, like I said, Lucasfilm releases these things with the intention of saying here's where it goes into the timeline, and they they just been they've been doing that more and more and more. And it's very rare when you encounter a story when it's like, I have no idea when this takes place. And even if you come in across something like that, usually you can figure out where to put it. You can put it somewhere yourself or, um, you know, there, there are a couple of things that maybe I end up placing on my own and a couple of bits of history I end up inventing. But it's not as daunting as it could be. I'm always thankful for that because... Lucasfilm really does have an eye for continuity. All right. We were looking at the, uh, the the new Essential Chronology, and we noticed there is no bibliography that actually is at the end of the book itself. However, there are some endnotes on the official site that pretty much are up to that use. It's If you go to the official site, you, t- you take a look at the endnotes, they'll tell you when what happens. Was there a deadline crush that forced that to happen and some of the mishaps into the, uh, you know, the some of the Kotor uh, line line chronology that, uh, that, that came up on your blog on the official site? Well, it wasn't a deadline crunch. It actually was never intended to be in the book at all because we had a certain number of pages and, you know, Based on the the type of book that it was, the trade paperback with with color, there's certain forms that you have to add. So a book can only be a certain number of pages, and and we had a certain number, and we had to plan to it. And so we were never going to do a feature like that. And it's a fantastic feature, but we were never intending to do a feature like that. So what happened was we did it. It came out, and um, and I was all happy with it. And then um, Pablo Hidalgo. You know, who you know uh, is a content manager on StarWars.com. He read it, and Pablo knows Star Wars universe better than I do. I mean, he he knows the stuff just like you wouldn't believe. And so he wrote that Ed Notes article on his own with no input from me. Actually, I, I didn't even tell him any of that information. He sent me the files, and he said, "Hey, what do you think of this article?" And I read through it, and I was like, "How did you know that?" How did you catch that? Like, there are all these references to all these obscure sources. If you haven't seen the, the thing for listeners, it just explains where every obscure reference in the New Essential Chronology came from. Because they don't always go out and say, well, this came from the so-and-so comic. So uh, the article does that, and he recognized that all, and he wrote it, and it's a gigantic article, and it has hyperlinks, and it really is. I'm so glad that it was done. It really is, I think, required reading for anybody who has bought the new essential chronology and enjoyed it. It just adds to the enjoyment. Most definitely. Uh, and as you said, there are some fairly obscure uh, sources that were picked right there. I'm very impressed by Pablo's work in that fashion. Yeah. No, he really knows his stuff. I mean, he's again, he's another one of those guys who was working with West End Games back in the day and has just that long of a history with the Star Wars Expanded Universe that it just is kind of second nature to him, and he's been able to put that to good use in the stuff he does for StarWars.com and the Star Wars Insider, too. The next question is the trickiest of the interview, because it, it might actually make the Lucasfilm implant you know, vibrate a little bit. Okay. So, 
when you ended the entire story of the new essential chronology, and I quote, you ended it on this note. With an eye to the future, Luke hoped to bring a new era of peace to the galaxy, thus upholding the grand legacy of the Force that has continued for over a thousand generations. Now, we know that there's a new series coming up. We know it's called Legacy of the Force. We know it's 37 years after the Battle of Yavin. And we know it promises to be very interesting. Is there anything that you can tease us with that you might have read on the, uh, on the Legacy of the Force series? There is nothing. And not because I've been prevented by the implant chip, because I really don't know all that much about it, because, unfortunately, you know, I, I get the, I, you know, I, I get a lot of pre, pre-release stuff, but I get it because I might need it for a particular project, and right now I'm kind of between projects on, on Star Wars. I, I'm done with the new Essential Chronology, and I'm done with my latest, which is the new Essential Guide to Droids, and... I, they don't need to send me stuff anymore, so they don't, they, you know, they, they, they don't have to, and, uh, I'm not asking them for Legacy of the Force, and so I really know, I know probably as much as you do. I, I don't know my, I know kind of some of the characters, and I know very, 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 very vaguely the plotline, but I don't, I never read an outline, I've never read any manuscripts, I've never read any story summaries, so, sorry. Can you give us the vague? Can you get like let us know what's? I mean, the... I know that I know that Ben Skywalker is involved in it. I know that you know Luke and and Mar are much older, and I know that it's kind of a new generation of things. Uh, and it's about as much as I know. I don't even know who the villains are. I I've heard rumors about some of the the people who are going to be the villains, and I know that I know that uh, Lumia was mentioned as being a uh, a villain in this. Um, but that's me repeating a. A rumor, not me uh, releasing any official information. That's okay. We totally love rumors on this show. <laughs> so, do you think that in the future, uh, we're up to the second chronology? The first one was amazing. The second one was just jaw dropping. Uh, do you think that you're going to have to actually write up a third one, or that Lucas Books and Delray will just be releasing like? You know, expansions to the chronology. I hope they do a third one. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> mentioned that to me online, and they said, you know, the question was, well, geez, are they just going to keep doing these things forever? And I was kind of like, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they do them forever because I want to be involved with doing them forever. But I don't, I don't know what the plan is. I, I think, I think um, they're going to have sort of a wait-and-see attitude because um, I don't think a lot of people, especially even the fans, uh, know exactly where what the shape of things is going to be now that there's no more movies coming out because there was a lot of anticipation that they're going to do new movies, new movies, new movies, and then it was, you know, episode one and then episode two and then episode three, and there's going to be some other projects like a television series, but I don't know what that means for the... You know the, the degree of, of attention. It's you know movies are a real cultural phenomenon. Revenge of the Sith did 350 million in the U.S. box office alone. So um, you know a television series will be cool, but it, it's probably not going to have that degree of pop cultural impact. Therefore, you probably won't have as many books 
tie-ins being published. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that you're not going to have books published. It just means you probably have fewer. Rather than have, you know, 20 new books come out a year, you might have five. You know, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just speculating. Um, so my hope certainly is that as we keep adding these things, like this TV series and like uh, these other things, and maybe someday, which is I'm crossing my fingers, I personally would love to see uh, in episode seven, eight, and nine um, that uh, they'll go back and they'll do that. So uh, I'm really kind of taking a wait and see attitude. All right. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with the uh, questions from the chat room that uh, we got live right now. Uh, we have Arnie who's wondering how could you figure, and that's that's a very good question. What was canon? Between the in the Clone Wars, between the cartoons, the novels, the comics, and all that, I, I think all of it is canon and official. And I think that you know the question right might really be where it conflicts. What's canon? And I, I don't know. I kind of I I don't know how how detailed the the question is. But there are a couple of areas where there is some tricky continuity between the cartoon. And the novels, and yes. particularly um, uh, Jim Lucino wrote a, a book, uh, Labyrinth of Evil, where uh, it, it described how General Grievous kidnaps Palpatine, and then the cartoon series also depicted how General Grievous kidnaps Palpatine, and the, there's a lot of differences between those two versions, and it's really enough differences that it's pretty hard to say that they both happened. So e- either one happened and the other one didn't, or both of them happened... To some degree, like there's some sort of mishmash that you could combine them, but you'd have to throw out other parts. Um, fortunately, I didn't have to solve that problem because uh, it was the the scale of the chronology was big enough that I was able to say. I mean, it wasn't the guide to the Clone Wars; it was a guide to all of history. So it was I had enough of a thirty thousand foot view that I was able to say, well, you know, General Grievous came down and he kidnapped. Palpatine and kind of leave it at that. So I don't even know if uh, we've we've gotten to a point where people have figured out some of those discrepancies. But there's no answer that the cartoon doesn't count. It certainly does count. Um, and uh, so do the comics and so do the novels. Um, but whenever you run up against a irreconcilable conflict, then we'll have to we'll have to figure out something. <laughs> you have to. You have, that's when you plunge. You plunge into the twilight zone of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'd love to figure out what the answer to the, some of those things are. And and sometimes when you when we run into things like that, it becomes a we'll table it and then we'll come back to it later and figure it out. Like once we've had a year to think about it. So maybe that's uh, one of those examples. We have Danny, our tech for uh, Ojo, on the show here. He wants to know, um, what do you think about the Star Wars role-playing game being uh, being let down by Wizards? The Star Wars, which being uh, the well, the RPG game is getting being cut off. Oh, yeah, support. yeah, yeah. You mean the the demise of the RPG game by yeah. Wizards of the Coast? Yeah. Um, What's I your take on? I think it's too bad. It's a shame. I, I mean, I really like. I'm like I said, I, I've been a big fan of those role-playing game. Supplements. I'm not a big player of it, uh, in fact. I have played them before, but I'm not a big player. But I've always been a big fan because they have so much information in them. Uh, even when Western Games was going and, even, and when uh, Wizards of the Coast took over and they would do supplements like, um, 
you know, guides to uh, planets and things. Um, I always thought that those were great sources of information. And so that's primarily what I would think is the um, is the, the the biggest shame about it is you won't be able to see products like that. Um, I I mean, I, I could understand why they would do it if they wasn't, uh, you know, performing well for them from a money standpoint. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just a shame. I don't know why, what drove them to that point, but I just think it's a shame because I, I love to see those those books, and I've written for those books, and I used to write for Gamer Magazine, which was uh, providing material for those things. So well, That was a great magazine, by the way. Th- that was my next question. Uh, how much did you like working with Star Wars Gamers? Oh, I, I like I love it, and I love it because I'm not I'm not a big gamer. Like I don't play it that often, but I have played it, and I I respect the you know the 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 players and the people that need you know, the, the resource. The process that goes through it, and you know who people who play it, and I like the you know I'm familiar with how it works. I know how to calculate stats and all that. I just don't have a lot of time to do it, and I've always thought it was really fun to do. And, and you know you you know you have a Modifiers and the dice rolls and all that. I just thought it was a lot of fun, and, and um, I just thought it was it was pretty cool when um, when I played um, uh, the computer game Knights of the Old Republic, and it was based on the same RPG calculations. I, I jumped right into that because I, I got it all, and I've always liked the sources, the source books because they had so much information in them. So I've I've loved working for them because if you're a writer who likes to get into that level of detail and talk about, you know, um, a couple of things I worked on were called um, Coruscant and the Core Worlds and Geonosis and the Outer Rim Worlds, and they were source books about planets. And, you know, they got into a lot of detail. And you can't do that in a regular book because most people probably aren't that interested in it. But gamers are probably going to be that interested in it, so you have a lot more freedom to really get detailed, and I always love that. Um, just checking out our forums and our blog uh, to see if we've got any more Star Wars uh, fans' questions. Uh, I, got a, I got a little question myself. Um, you wrote The New Essential Guide to Characters yep. uh, with uh, Michael Sutphin. Now, the first take of that actual guide was written by Andy Manjols. Now, yep. when, when you revisited it, is there a particular reason for which you dropped a few of the characters that were in the original one? Um, well, there, I don't know if the, the questioner has a couple in mind, but I think I know what the, I think I know where you're going with it. Is um, if you have the original, and I have the original, I'm a big fan of the original, and I'm a big fan of what Andy did with the original. Um, but then we're coming out with a new one, and I kind of agonized over this a little bit, and it was. What do we? What should we include in this new one? Um, I didn't want to take all the same characters and just repeat what was in the first one because I was trying to think. Let's see. If I had already bought the original and I bought this one, would I feel happy with this new purchase or would I feel ripped off? And then I also thought, if I had never bought the first one and I bought this new one, would I feel happy with the purchase or would I feel ripped off? And so I tried to do a combination of both of those approaches so I could keep both audiences happy, which was if a character had had some sort of update since the first one came out, I included him, like Luke Skywalker. Uh, obviously, we're going to include him, but he had also had a lot of adventures since the first time, or maybe a more obscure character like 
like um, like Biggs. Uh, I I think I had Biggs in the second one, <laughs> but it was you know somebody like that or, gen- or General General Reichian, um, um was in the um, was in the the new one because he had had some backstory provided on him since then, and a character like Porkins is a good example. Porkins is not in the new essential guided characters, and a lot of people who picked it up for the, and and missed him in there were like, well, how, wh- why did you leave him out? And the reason I left him out was I wasn't happy about leaving him out, but I left him out because he had had nothing added to his story since the first time around, and I was trying to do that balance. I was trying to keep people who had never bought it happy with the selections, but also people who had bought it the first time so they didn't feel like it was a bunch of redundancies, that they still get value out of the first volume and vol- value out of the second volume. Okay, which is a very good answer. <laughs> uh, Brian, you had a question? Yes, I do. Um, do you know anything about the unpublished Star Wars materials, like the two canceled New Jedi Order books, or the Clone Wars novel with Shakti, or were those totally glossed over because they were never published, thus never really happened? I know a little bit about them, actually, and I can't... I probably just want an area where the... The implant chip will probably come online, but um, I the uh, new the Clone Wars novel with Shock T. I I never read it, but I'm familiar with it because I saw um, uh, it was going to be about uh, she was releasing some people from a prison planet or something like that, um, it, which I think was already released as a, as a blurb, um, and um, I don't know why that one wasn't released. I don't know much about that. The the New Jedi Order ones, I remember that was going to be a uh, couple of novels by Michael Jan Friedman, I think, and I saw those as they were coming out, and that was, again, another reason. I'm not exactly sure why they were canceled, but um, it was going to be more, that plot line was more about um, how the Jedi established the, the Great River, which was this sort of underground railroad that they set up when when they were wanted by the the Yuzhan Vong put a bounty on their heads and, and how they all were going to get to freedom. And, and um, I don't know that a lot, that there's a lot of missing stuff from those anymore because when the, you know, the, the Michael Jan Friedman books were canceled, uh, the, the plot thread of establishing the Great River kind of got picked up by other books. So I don't know that there's any great lost stories or anything going on there. I can't speak for the Clone Wars one. But um, I mean that that happens. You get pretty far along with some things, and for one reason or another, they won't happen. I have a, a couple of books that I I've written that never got published. But you know, you salvage what you can, and, and maybe some of it can still see the light of day in some other way. Hopefully, they will. Uh, you probably had the honor to work with the Star Wars holocron, as the author called them. Yes. So. Uh, can you send us a copy? I, I don't. I, I can, but uh, <laughs> I, I get it, and it's a great thing. The one thing that never has been mentioned about the Star Wars Holocron that is my personal uh, my personal uh, uh, beef with it is that it's a gigantic, gigantic thing, and it's so big that it's in the FileMaker Pro um, format, in this FileMaker Pro database, which is something that is a program that I've never figured out how to use very well at all. So every time I have to go into the holocron, I just grit my teeth because I'm so 
bad at FileMaker Pro. I can never find records, and I'm poking around, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that. But um, it, it's a, a, a disaster. But anyway, um, I'm able to get uh, uh, a lot of information out there. They, they've really done a great job of, of making that resource available to writers, and the continuity uh, benefits a lot as a result. We always speculated that it would be like an HTML type thing, where like it would just oh. be like websites and you just search through it and something more like that. that. Be, yeah, I mean you can still do it because of the FileMaker Pro, the way it works, you can kind of you know hunt and you can search for different records and stuff. But like I said, I'm so bad with that thing. I just I go into that program and that that interface and I just I, I cringe because it's the one one programming thing that I, I'm inept at. No matter how hard I try. <laughs> well, I guess I guess it happens to a lot of us with like different programs, especially us of this generation with the the entire like technological advances of computer generation moving on every six months. It's uh, it's pretty hard to keep up with all all that's out there. So, as yep. Brian as Brian was saying, probably a, an HTML version of version of the uh, the DVD would be better. Yeah, I mean, I think at some at some point, you know, the transference of that and making a new version of that is something that could probably happen. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to speak for anybody, but you know why? You know why it might not be able. To, the tricky part of this, and this is why the holocron is cool, is and this is why it would be hard to just take the holocron and publish it, is because it has a lot of behind the scenes stuff, and it might have like notes that came out of a meeting that George Lucas had with Howard Rothman and, and uh, Sue Rastoni or something. They, they had a meeting, and there are notes, and the notes from the meeting are part of, like, a, a character's backstory. And it'll say, notes from George Lucas meeting or something. And so that's really cool, because you see that, and you're like, wow, I never would have seen that, you know, if I wasn't reading this thing. But that's probably a reason why... It's going to be an internal database, unless they went through and they somehow scrubbed it. Um, that's why I think they're keeping it so secretive, is they have a lot of uh, internal production stuff that really is never intended to be published in that form. All right. One more question I have. For the art, did you have to... Was it was Star Wars artists that were licensed through Lucasfilm, or did you have to you know, get an, a new artist and like teach them how to paint in Star Wars. For which which book? The New Chronology? Yeah, the new one. Yeah, the New Chronology, because there's three artists that works on it. Yeah, there's three artists in there, and um, they all... I don't, I'm not sure if they've done work with Star Wars before. Um, I, like, Del Rey ended up picking them, and then Lucasfilm approves them, is, is the way that I think that they worked it on that. And so we had... Uh, um, uh, John Van Fleet and uh, Tommy Lee Edwards and um, Mark Chiarello, I think. Um, and the three of them just kind of came on. They all did different things. Like, um, you know, they, one guy would specialize in, in landscapes or portraits, and, and one guy, you know, specialized in action scenes and that. And um, all these guys are, you know, veterans. They're all immensely talented. They all know what they're doing. I don't know that a lot of them have done Star Wars. I think Tommy Lee Edwards had done some, some Dark Horse stuff before, um, but I mean, they're immensely talented, so they know they know the craft, they know their craft, and they know, you know, they're very familiar with the, um, with the movies, so they can 
do a, a number one job on those things without me even coming within five miles of them. The area in which I was probably helpful as a writer was uh, talking to those guys and saying, okay, well, you've got to do um, something for um, uh, the, the novel Shatterpoint, which is um, a Mace Windu novel, and there's a character in there, and here's the text passage that describes the character. Uh, Lucasfilm, Leland Chi at Lucasfilm was very helpful in this regard, too, because he would go to the Holocron and pull a lot of this information. And uh, expanded universe things, uh, these guys got a lot of reference, and they just, um, you know, did the best reference they could. Then they would do a sketch, and then they would go back to Lucasfilm and me and Del Rey, and we'd say, well, you know, the Lusankia was actually a little bigger than that, so probably have to make that one bigger, and then they'd go back and they'd make it bigger and all that. So um, everything that's there, I, I was immensely pleased with once it got published. I was just paging through it and saying, wow, this is gorgeous. I, I didn't even look at the text. I was just set. I spent like 45 minutes with the illustrations, the first box I got. I was just amazed. All right. Uh, what can we expect to see from you in the future? You mentioned something earlier. We'll let you uh, go on in a little bit more details about it. Well, from a Star Wars standpoint, there is the essential guide to droids, and that is coming out in uh, later this year in the fall. And that one I'm pretty excited about. It's going to be cool. I've already finished the writing for it. And um, the um, I mean, I'm just trying to think of what we're doing with it right now. I finished the writing for it, and right now I'm, I've been seeing the schematics and the artwork for it. And that's going to take a little while longer. But that's a pretty cool one because I was able to take the Essential Guide to Droids, which uh -huh. I think was pretty good. I mean, I liked the work that I had done on it. But if there's one thing about that book that I wasn't crazy about, it was that I it, it had a lot of droids that maybe weren't essential. <laughs> they were, we had to come up with a hundred, and we really only had the classic trilogy to work with. And so I ended up picking droids that were kind of, I don't know, second stringers to say the least, like the memory droid, which stores memory banks of bits and data, and the uh, yeah, the stenographer droid, which is something you carry around and you record you record memos on it. It's like, well, those aren't really essential droids. They're kind of placeholder droids. And this one I really think is essential because we have the prequels. And the prequels, of course, have hundreds of droids. And so by taking all the prequel droids, all the classic trilogy droids and updating them and adding some really, really cool ones from the expanded universe like the the Yuzon Vong hunter-killer droids from the New Jedi Order series and uh, um, some of the things from the Clone Wars cartoon and, and some other things like that. I, I think it's going to be very cool. Okay. Well, Brian, any more questions? Nope. Special guest, any more questions? <laughs> all right. So, uh, Daniel, we'll be looking forward to your new droid uh, essential guide. Excellent. And uh, hopefully you'll be coming back on the show to tell us a little bit more about it when it comes out. Yeah, I'd love to. And uh, until then, we wish you that the Force will be with you. Yeah, and also with you. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, thanks, guys. So, just stand by. We'll finish up with you. For the fan listening, at us, uh, listening to us right now, we're going to go to a short sponsor and musical break and we'll be right back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom.
At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Go that way. You'll be malfunctioning within a day, you miss that it's scrap pile. The following program is intended for mature audiences. Are you stuck up? You tell that slimy piece of worm-ridden filth to get no such pleasure from us. Parental discretion is advised. And welcome back to Star Wars on the Rag, the voice of Star Wars fandom. And uh, that was a great interview we just did with uh, Daniel Wallace, author of the new Essential Guide, uh, Essential Chronology, actually, uh, and soon to be. It's not guide anymore. No, it's it's soon to be the new guide to droids. So, uh, Brian, who's with us right now in the chat? We have a shitload of people. Hey, Danny, that's number, f- what, three, four, five, six, whatever, shit, go shit, on. Shit, <laughs> shit, shit, eight, nine. <laughs> okay, um, in the chat we have Admiral, Adria, Arnie, uh, Castra, Gamblor, Goddess, Heels, 1785, Japoy, Lunatic, Matt, Octavius Three, Skylover, Snakes, Sukatai, Nathan, and Tiger Claw. All right. Well, uh, folks, I promised you that there was going to be some changes in the new year, and uh, what's coming up is a very big new change. Uh, We're going to go on to the collecting news right now, but it's a new approach to the collecting news, and uh, you'll get it very, very goodly because it's it's being hosted by two very great people, uh, Arnie and Marjorie from uh, Star Wars Action News, and they'll be with us in about 30 seconds. Galactic Hunter, the place where you can find the latest Star Wars collectible news from all around the world. From the Hasbro and Kenner lines of action figures, to comics, games, prop collectibles, and events, everything is covered and reviewed. Join our fan community in the Bounty Hunter Collective Forums and find all your bounties at www.galactichunter.com. Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target. And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct for this January 8th, and we're going straight into the New Year's collecting segments with none other than Arnie and Marjorie from Star Wars Action News. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hello. Hi. It's, it's, it's great. We're like like five people now almost in studio with you two on the phone. It's, it's amazing. How have you been? We've been good. How about yourself up there? We've been, we've been just great. Uh, I was actually listening to the first... Uh, Podcast and the first fan audio release of 2006, I believe, uh, that was uh, Star Wars Action News. Uh, what's coming up for 2006? And that's actually a little bit of what we're going to go into right now, isn't it? Yes, uh, there's a lot in store for 2006. It's kind of not like your average non-movie year. I'd say the closest thing we could equate this to is 2004 with the OTC release. Yeah, I know. It's 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 amazing, and there's like so many. Like new packages that are coming up with Asbro, although a little bit repetitive, and there's like new Transformers series and a lot of new things. And you took some New Year's resolution not to buy the things you didn't really like that much. 
Yeah, I've tried to not do that, but yet I still find myself buying those ugly Transformers. <laughs> There's the promise of one coming up that's going to be a snow trooper that turns into an ATST that has me drooling a little bit. But I'm trying to stay away from some of the more cheesy things like the Darth Vader on a motorcycle, things along the lines that I just don't quite see the need for. Well, there's going to be so much material this year coming from Master Replica's Gentle Giant, Sideshow, Hasbro. We're going to really be getting bombarded. and It's a year where you're going to have to pick and choose what you want from each line. Yeah, because I, I do agree with you. The Star Wars Chopper series, that's, that's, that's pushing it a little bit. <laughs> so, it would be fine if I was still four. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what can we expect from 2006? Well, the big news for 2006 is the Gentle Giant Yoda monument that's coming out. It's the larger reproduction of the Clone Wars maquette that came out earlier, and that is the hot news all over the Internet this week. They just announced the retail price, which was what, Arnie? About $500 is the suggested retail price. You can find it anywhere from about 420 to 520 depending on where you look. Wow. And shipping on that can range up to $100. It's a little over two feet tall and quite heavy, made of fiberglass. And it's 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 quite nice actually. If uh, for those of you who haven't seen the pictures, check our uh, last show notes, and uh, there's a, there's a picture somewhere in there of a little girl uh, sitting down right next to Yoda, and it's it's kind of like cool. It's kind of <laughs> another big. big change this year is with Master Replicas for the people who pick up those lightsabers. They're switching over to where the e-tailers and the stores sell what they call the collector's edition, which is a lower quality item made of lesser quality parts and they're not going to be limited. And if you want the savers that you're used to, the limited edition, you can only buy those directly from Master Replicas. I see. So are, so are they lowering the price? They are. The collector's edition should be, have a lower price point coming in, uh, between $1 $200, whereas the regular savers have seemed to hover around the 350 mark. But aren't they lesser quality? Also? They're lesser quality. They don't come with an acrylic cover for the case so that you're going to have a harder time keeping them dust-free, and since it's a lower-quality material, you'd think keeping it protected would be even more important. But I think that's their way of trying to branch out because they've made so many limited-edition sabers that they can't increase the production size, so they need to revisit these in a different way so that they can get the new fans who missed out on the Han Solo blaster and don't want to go spend the $800 on eBay. That's right. And uh, also try to find a way to bring some of that business back directly to Master Replicas, because being in the Master Replicas Collector Society last year was a little bit of a joke. I had about $400 in coupons from Master Replicas that I never used because it was cheaper to buy from online retailers. Okay. So there's that big change coming up. Sideshow has introduced their 12-inch line, which they took over from Hasbro. Those figures are about $50 a piece, but while being twice as much as Hasbro charged, they're much, much better with all the accessories and the exclusives you've come to expect from a Sideshow product. So, with all of that in 2006, I think it's going to be a pretty expensive year. Yeah, indeed. Uh, we're also, uh, the 2006 brings us the end of the Unleashed segment and the beginning of the Unleashed Battle Packs. What are your thoughts on that? Well, the Battle Packs look cheap, and they are cheap. I think that's the best way to sum it up. They're already starting to warm the pegs all, all over here. I, I don't think that's going to be as great as a thing as the Unleashed figures, and I expect it to end pretty quickly and for them to go back to the regular size Unleashed. Yeah. 
one of the one of the the series I wanted to talk about was the Titanium series, which is going to be non-exclusive this year, and it's going to be all over the place. Uh, do you think that's like something that collectors should keep an eye on because it's something that's going to be going on going like really really fast from the shelves? I think now that it's not exclusive, it's not going to be as hard to get. There's really after just the first couple of waves, the titaniums when they were only sold at Walmart weren't that hard to come by. Now that you can get them anywhere, I think it's going to be a situation where collectors will have plenty of opportunity to get them. And if you think about it, a lot of it depends on the ships. If you look at the history of this scale of ship, the micro machines, the action fleet, the ships that people really want sell quickly, and then the other ships they sit there forever. So. They're, the assortment is going to have a lot to do with how easy or hard they are to come by. Okay. I think that the, I think the six-inch titaniums are going to sit on the shelves quite a bit at the twenty-dollar price point because that's quite a lot for a six-inch ship. Whereas I think the smaller ones are going to go because that's something a kid can afford to buy with their allowance or an adult can pick up without even thinking about it and put on their desk at work and not look too. So you think it's still going to be a good good thing to go check out on the shelves? Absolutely. I'm a fan of anything with vehicles. That's why I buy the Transformers. Anything that's a Star Wars vehicle, there's plenty of figures out there, but there's just not enough vehicles in the true scale. I realize there's the Lego series, but it just doesn't quite look right. Okay. So, so Marjorie, we want to warn you that you might want to keep an eye on Arnie so that he doesn't go out and buy himself the AT-AT costume that was made by this fan last Halloween. I know. We've already had our talk for 2006. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, when when can people listen to you guys and uh, learn more about collecting news? Well, our podcast is out every Monday, and you can visit our website at ReviewStarWars.com. You can download the episodes from there or subscribe to our RSS feed, which I'm sure everyone has done through Star Wars on Direct. And you can chat with us through email. There's a lot of contact information right there on our website. So, ReviewStarWars.com. Alright, that is that is awesome. Uh, you know what, while I have you two folks on the line, uh, I'm going to have you do the, uh, the, 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 the Star Wars on direct liner, but I'm also going to have you do some sort of a, you know, Star Wars action news liner at the same time, so we can use it on the next show. Okay, sounds good. So go ahead whenever you're ready. Okay, let me just fill my wife in. She's not as familiar with the liner as I am, so okay. <laughs> That's <Sorry>. okay. <laughs> It's a very simple liner. All you have to do is like, Hi, this is Arnie. Hi, this is Marjorie. And you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. I know, very bad impression of you. Yeah. <laughs> That's just horrible, Sebastian. Good job. <laughs> Don't hold it against me, please. <laughs> That's okay. All right, we'll go ahead and do it. This is Marjorie. And this is Arnie. We're the hosts of Star Wars Action News, the Star Wars Collecting Podcast, and you are listening to Star Wars on Direct. That is that is awesome. So that's perfect. And what's the actual what's the the, the address of the website where we can uh, go check out your podcast? Reviewstarwars.com. Isn't that easy to remember? Well, thank thank you very much for being with us on the show for this collecting news segment. Thanks for having us. I guess we'll be back next week. Oh, hopefully you will. <laughs> so, we'll talk to you then. All right. Bye now. Bye. Bye. So, that was Arnie and Marjorie from Star Wars Action News, which can be found at ReviewStarWars.com. A very nice little uh, podcast to easy to listen to. It's about half an hour to 45 minutes. And uh, it's uh, for all the collectors out there. You should, uh, you know, listen to it while you're going to the shop to 
buy your stuff in order to know what you should buy and what you should stay away from. So, we're making people, like, very important. Like, some stuff are going to stay on the pegs at, at some collector's shop because they're listening to Arnie and Marjorie. That's it. That's just great. <laughs> Transformers, you're going down. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm getting. I, I'm getting a comment from an. I'm gonna put it as anonymous. Uh, you should swear more. It gives the show more flavor. Brian, I, I'm, I'm not inventing this. I'm not inventing this. Yeah, but you know what? If we were to, if it was me saying it, it would be a little bit more, like you know. Incredible. Are you saying the person is incredible? I'm watch not saying. Out, watch out. Oh, geez. Are you insulting our listeners now? I am not saying that person uh, is I not credible at all. <laughs> I think that person should tell that to me and to Danny and should put it in the chat room so that everybody you can know what, see this it. Is the, I think they will. Be better. <laughs> it's like message. <laughs> all right. Well, Brian, haven't you been waiting for this all evening now? It's been a long time, man. It's been a long time? Long time coming. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the first miscellaneous news of the year. Master Fisto, trust your insight, we do. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it's actually the pulse. Yeah, I- I'm really. Adria says something funny. More flavor, yet you refuse to get naked on cam. See, it's it's all about Brian being naked on cam while swearing. While swearing, it's <laughs> Jesus, Lord, <sighs> Murphy. So what's what gonna happen? What's going on with the damn show this week? Damn it! What, what's gonna happen? We're gonna see Brian talking out of his ass, literally. What? Oh, that's gross. You don't want to okay. see my ass. Go on now. So, um, for so the, the pulse for this, you got me all messed up now. Adria, you better get a razor for this boy. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, it's horrible. Okay, that's, now are you gonna do the pulse? Horrible! Now? Oh god, I don't think I can. I'm sure you can. Okay. So, um. It's 2006, and, you know, there's lots of exciting things coming out, and one of them is the Comics Companion, that there's currently a preview on the uh, awesome website of Amazon.com. Get a love Amazon. Uh, it's actually written by uh, two Star Wars experts, uh, Ryder Windham and uh, Daniel Wallace, who we just had on the air. Isn't that great? It's amazing. And it, it includes, uh, there's table of contents, an excerpt, like a, a little picture from Tales of the Jedi chapter, and a complete index of the book. So you guys can go check it out. I'm going to put a link in the chat. And of course, there will be um, show notes in the thread on our message board, so you can go check those out. Check out all the links. Um, also, there is a Rogue Squadron omnibus coming out. It is scheduled for May 25th, 2006 on Amazon.com. The omnibus will include the new Rogue Leader miniseries, as well as the first two X-Wing Squadron series, Rebel Opposition and The Phantom Affair. Um, two, the first of which has never been reprinted, so um, it's going to be really cool. And also the uh, X-Wing Rogue Squadron Handbook, and you can also check it out. Check out this link to check out all of the awesome shit that's going on about that over at Amazon.com. 
In miniatures news, oh, miniatures news, it's good stuff. We have the Attack on Endor Battle Pack that's coming out. Ewoks! On, no, actually there, we'll get to the contents, but there are no Ewoks. And I thought I could actually fly, you know, one of those little twigs down the plane or something. That would have been so That would have been cool. Um, February 15th, 2006 is when it'll be a hit. The Streets. It is actually a scenario pack. So, it is non-randomized, so I can tell you exactly what's going to be in it. You have one AT-ST, oversized miniature, with an alternate pose, pose and paint from the original universe. See, that's, that's just teasing us miniature fans. Oh, that's cool, I like it. Damn! Why? What did you want? You wanted the same one from Universe? No, but that that means that like it's like different poses. We're gonna have to go through like eighty boxes to find. No, all no, the no, poses. no. There, it's just an alternate pose from the Universe. Oh, okay. There's just one pose. It's gonna be in the battle pack. Oh, that's great. Okay, good. It's um, gonna be different from the one that they use the uh, AMT Ertel model. Yeah. To to, to to actually mold on. <laughs> I don't think they molded on it, Sebastian. You're right. The model looks so much better. It's a model. All I have to do is mount it on the little yeah, base. And it's not exactly up to scale, that one. Actually, um, One scout trooper, one stormtrooper commander, one stormtrooper from a rebel uh, storm, which is number 36, four battle maps, they're double-sided, and it includes the first playable map for the huges, and one abbreviated scenario book. So it's like the ATAT, but you know, with more pieces. Good. Good. Um, and is there going to be boosters? or is it No, no, no. It's just one pack. Just that's one pack? That's you get that exactly what I just told you is what it's going to be in it. It retails for about 20 bucks. Wow. I guess it's going to be like about 20, between 15 and 20 Canadian US dollars. That's fair. We won't have to buy like an entire case to get all the figures. No, you just buy one and you got them all. That's it. Um, and I'm actually going to uh, have like one entire series. Rob Watkins gave us a Gave us all main interest fans a present on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. I don't know when he posted it. Oh, Christmas! Uh, he posted the stats for an, an for an upcoming Champions of the Forest. It's one of Sebastian's favorite characters. Just let him ask. Can you guess? Can you guess what it, who it is? Kip. Nope. It's gonna be Jason. Nope. What? Exarchon. Shut up! Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yes. Sorry, I'm freaking out. He's the biggest figure, though, so Shut far. Up. He's the highest point card. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Eighty-four points. Exorcon is going to be in champion. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to like buy cases of that to get all I the know. freaking champions. Exorcon, sweet. Okay, wait. We we have to take a second, okay? That means like the Droma Brothers will be there. Not necessarily. They better. And uh, Nomi, Nomi Sunrider's gonna be there. Yeah, now, now, Rob, why do you do this? He's he's <laughs> gonna be all excited for months, for <laughs> months. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. We're that means that we're gonna have like probably all of the Jedi's from the old age and all of the Jedi from the new age, no. and we'll probably even have like no, Juro City first. All of them. Damn. Okay, just like stop getting your panties in a twist, and they're gonna get all soiled. I know. Well, yeah. If they're not already. No. Not yet. Not yet. 
I'm sure when you open your first <gasps> scream like a little girl. I'll try not to do that. Okay. So do you want to hear the stats? Yeah, you sure. Hear how good he is? Yeah, of course. Eighty-four points. That's okay. Sa- you know, there's only one other mini <laughs> that's uh, more expensive than him, and that's the Ad Hat. Uh, he's 84 points, 180 hit points, defense of 23, plus 19 attack, 20 damage. Um, of course, he's unique. <laughs> uh, he's melee attack and uh, special triple attack. Sweet. Now, here's the question. No, 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 no. Oh, here's the good part. I'm just getting there. What's the question? Here's, here's the question. Is the mini actually bearing a double-bladed lightsaber? Or just a single bladed one. I'll let you find out. USOB. <laughs> uh, he has a Force Three, uh-huh. Force Renewal, Dark Force Spirit. If this character is defeated, each enemy character with a Force rating loses one Force point each time it activates for the rest of the skirmish. What? Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> His lightsaber assault, which is Force One, replaces attacks, makes two attacks. So you can walk, use a Force point, then it'd make two attacks. Uh, Sith Rage, plus 10 damage on all attacks' turn. Sith Sorcery, Force 2, usable only on this character's turn. Enemy characters within 6 squares are considered activated this round. Save of 11. Transfer Essence, Force 1, usable only on this character's turn. Choose one living ally, remove that ally from play, and place Exarchon in that ally's place. That ally is defeated. <laughs> God bless the golden age of the Sith. Oh, yeah. Now, now we're getting to the commander effect. Oh, okay. There's a commander effect? Yeah. Savage <laughs> characters are subject to this effect. Followers with Savage gain Jedi Hunter, plus 4 attack, plus 10 damage against enemies with force ratings, and momentum. If this character has moved this turn, he gets a plus 4 attack and a plus 10 damage. So, either you're a Jedi Hunter, yeah, and you don't move, uh-huh, with if when you have like say a rancor, he gets a plus ten, uh, plus four attack, plus ten damage, against a, any force user. Okay. Um, and then say a character, say then the next they move, and they use they get tense. They're subject to momentum. They can use the plus four and plus ten, but they can't use both at the same time. You choose Jedi Hunter or momentum, depending on the situation. Either way, that's a freaking killer. That's that's whoa! <laughs> I can't wait to see the other ones. You know what? I hope I hope that they have Nomi Sunrider with like force shielding or you know force blinding or something like that that can actually remove any force points from or any force powers from a particular character. Because if you have Nomi Sunrider playing against that guy and she actually blinds him from the force, that's it. He's doomed. Could be killer. Now, Sebastian, I posted a picture of the mini in the chat. And guess what, Sebastian? It has two lightsabers. Yeah. All right. Double bladed. Yes. Woohoo! He's so butt ugly. He looks like a monkey. <laughs> no one said he was pretty. But he's got a double bladed lightsaber, and that's what's important because he was the first one to bear one. Take that, Dark Maul. Now, everybody knows that I'm not exactly a big fan of fan films. But I have seen this really interesting um, teaser trailer for a new fan film. I guess, I I think it's going to be a a fan TV series. Um, It's called Droid War. 
which follows the visual styles of Lucasfilm's Star Wars Clone Wars on clo- on uh, they did on DVD. It's now available on DVD. Um, and it is created by um, director Chris Northrop and uh, Coy Campbell will feature a number of two-minute episodes and characters such as Obi-Wan, Anakin, and General Grievous. Uh, it will be released, hopefully, for August 2006 for the first episode. Um, it takes, and it really follows in the footsteps of the Clone Wars series, and it's um, awesome. And it's created by like actual professionals because the they are the crew is associated with Nicktoons networks and the Kelv- television uh, cable TV sh- channel uh, Nickelodeon, and it looks great. Uh, the uh, I'm gonna link the trailer in the chat. It's just phenomenal. It's it's kind of the same style, but a little bit different from Clone Wars. It, but it really looks awesome. All right, yeah. And um, I have uh, thanks to our buddy Casra. Mm-hmm. I have two star two video games news. We have Empire at War has a release date at this point. It is February sixteenth, and the main site has added a bunch of um, movies and pictures for the different vehicles, troops, environments, and starfighters in action. Go check it out at empireatwar.com. We put the link up there. It's not it's not a difficult thing to follow into the chat and we're moving on to uh, uh, galaxies galaxies still around Sebastian imagine that is it yeah wow um, after two weeks of uh, of all the uh, devs got back to work with a community update based on the net hot fix and publish the uh, hot fix will fix a lot of the Mustafarian and Kashyyyk quests and will add the uh, new old republic lightsaber hilt for the Jedi uh, the patch will include a spy and s- Jedi stealth revamp, along with adding heavy weapons for the commandos. Most of the East Coast servers are experiencing very harsh amounts of lags, and the devs state that they are working on it. So the hot fix is scheduled for Tuesday, and the patch is scheduled for January 24th. Perfect. And that's it for the pulse for this January 8th, 2006. Is it? It's the end, dude. Is it? No. Well, not of the entire thing, but just of this today's show. Wow, I'm last. What? Going out with a bang. I better say some more swear words, like, fuck you, Sebastian. What do you want, you cunt fucking ragface? Cunt ragface? <laughs> I don't Where know. You, you, you <laughs> s- stupid sack of shit, aren't you? <laughs> Danny's going to have so you much fun editing this show. <laughs> you syphilis-infested cunt. What? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you gotta relax. <laughs> I, I'm doing it for James and Will. Okay. Because there's are, no more flavor. Who are teasing me about slice, slice, me going out with Slice Noodle. Oh, you are? Oh, yeah. The well, date? Uh, no, well, I put the uh, I put all the details up in the chat room. But really? For you have a date? You, for those of you... No, no, I, I, I'm going out with her. It's, 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 it's official. It's like, we've been going out for like all the holidays and all that. And now it's, I didn't know. She loves to cuddle. She's so great. She loves to cuddle. Oh, yeah. And you're just like a big teddy bear, aren't you? Yeah. And she just, like, puts her lips around my neck all night, so... It's kind of gross. No, it's just... That's kind of gross. You wake up in the morning, she kisses That's kind of gross. <laughs> she's on the other side of you. She kicks, she's on your right, she kisses you from the left. Yeah. Oh, that's disgusting. 
right. I'm not one to judge. I, I'm just, I'm just gonna shut up. Because you know, if you love it, that's that's a good. Are idea. you happy? Yes. That's all that counts. You have a Pervert. very, very good relationship. I'm very happy about it. Hope you don't get like space STD. <laughs> I heard she did some nasty things with Jabba's guards. No, you know that these are all rumors. She 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 promised that uh, she didn't do anything. Of the sort. <coughs> what? You don't trust her? <laughs> all right. Uh, we have a special guest tonight in the studios. I'm just wondering, would you like to say a few words to uh, some uh, Australian friends of yours? Well, I'm just going to say hello to everybody that's listening. And I uh, hope you're enjoying the show as much as I am. <laughs> <laughs> you see all the all what's happening underneath the show now. It's That's for sure. <laughs> is it scary? <laughs> no, not really. It's kind of what I expected, to be honest. Okay, good. I'm I'm glad. <laughs> so is there any chances that we'll see you or hear from you again in the future during the show or um i believe so oh well <laughs> yep. as long as you want me here i'll come on by <laughs> hey we're, you're always welcome in the studios Good. all right people well uh on this note i think we're gonna end the show uh thank you very much for coming special mystery guest <laughs> i'm sure people are still wondering like who a girl who is that woman <laughs> Why can't we see her on the camera? That's right. That's right. That's because she, she's hiding right underneath it. Well, we'll make sure we'll make sure to uh, to, to add in some uh, some information. Yeah. I want to mention to all of you to uh, make sure to visit the uh, staff page this week because uh, we've got some uh, some few changes that are going to be made right there. Uh, other than that, the next show will be on January fifteenth, two thousand six. It's going to be Star Wars on Direct number seventy one, and it's going to be all about New Year's resolution. Be it about uh, what you're going to stop collecting because it's just too ugly and you just can't put it anywhere else in your house, or whatever else resolution you may come up for the new year. Uh, we might even actually have a small interview with uh, the guys who produce the DVD lining up TV. Right, Brian? Yes, we might. We might. We don't. Let, let's see if in the new year we're luckier and I didn't just like fucked us with just by saying that. Uh, of course, if you've got any comments, if you're tired of Brian swearing, you can send us all these information. Or if you're missing the swearing. If you're missing the swearing, you can also send it to. Uh, of course, if you've got any suggestions for upcoming subjects, you can send an email to studio at swendirect.com. Or you can leave a message on our blog and our, new, and our message board. To become a partner or a sponsor, you can send an email to info at swendirect.com. If you like the show, we suggest that you talk about it around yourself. Word to mouth is, after all, the best publicity we can have by our listeners. Bring a friend to the next show. Add our URL to your message board signatures. Don't get banned because of us. Don't, you know, don't go... Spamming like spammers due to our message board. Yeah, things like that. And don't I, just, I just, people, I just institute a couple in security so people don't register. Okay. Badly. That's good. that today. Thank you, Brian. And, uh, of course, uh, you can, you can uh, make sure to drop by the Galactic uh, Senate message boards for uh, Fan Audio to uh, go participate into the Fan Audio community and make sure you're going to be able to vote for this year's uh, Fan Audio version of the Oscars. Uh, we'd like to take a second to thank our sponsors, FederationToys.com, Sitclan.net, our web host, Simple-Net.ca, the Sci-Fi Podcast Network at TSFPN.com, of course, all of our partners, 
uh, you can find one at intheblodonline.com, which is Victor, Victor's uh, own audio project, and it's really, really nice. Was keep going? Okay. We've had three uh, three complaints about not enough swearing. Okay. I'm keeping count. That, that is good. Go on. <laughs> There's the uh, Star Wars Aficionado, which is a fanzine from the UK. PlanetFandom.com, Hail to the Fanboys and Girls, which is a very close relative to FurryConflict.com, where you can find Trek Wars, the Furry Conflict audio drama, and soon uh, the Silent Run or something like that by Julius that he's going to be that I was talking about earlier during the show. I'm sorry, I got really bad memory. Uh, Anakin and his angel.com, Nerf-Erder-Anonymous.net, the largest collection of Star Wars reference. And actors on the internet. Of course, Millennium Falcon, Galactic Hunter, which are still week after week keeping collectors on target. Star Wars Action News, which are, of course, uh, letting us know what we should put on our target to go get from Galactic Hunter or other places. T Bone Star Wars Universe, the Galactic Senate message boards. And StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars Fan Audio, all available at StarWarsWithAZ.com. Also, we want to mention that the upcoming uh, sequel to Millennium's End, Defend the Menace. How is it called, Brian? Um, Galactic... Millennium's, uh, Millennium's End, uh, Revenge of the Myth. Revenge of the Myth. So, it's coming out, I believe, on February 15th as well, isn't it? At the New York Comic Con... So, if you get a chance to go there, hopefully you will. Uh, you might see us in there. I don't know if uh, Jeff actually put us through, but we promise to bring you uh, some uh, cool pictures that uh, will be posted somewhere online, hopefully. And uh, maybe we're there, maybe we're not. But we were on the Star Wars webcam when it happened, so I'm just happy about that. All links of these uh, wonderful partners and sponsors are available from our website at www. SWEMdirect.com. What's so funny, Brian? Ah, <laughs> uh, good thread on the that was just posted on the uh, Star Wars on Direct message board. We miss listener Brian feedbacks. Swearing. And Brian swearing keeps things lively. So what's the problem? Uh, <laughs> Let me guess, James. No, no, Adrian. Yeah, okay. And Annie Castro wrote back too. Since since I, uh, there. He needs to be fucking swearing some fucking more. This show is for a mature audience, so we need Seb to swear as well. He should make some racist comments, too. <laughs> Adria adds in sexist as well. Sexist as well? Well, Sebastian, you do that pretty well by yourself. Yeah, that's it. And since I want to keep my manlyhood, I'll just refrain from... Doing any such things? Yeah, doing any such things. I could so blast her right now. I'm I think she's being sarcastic, Sebastian. <sighs> I'm just going to refrain from doing so because I'm a good guy. Now, guys, don't forget to go sh- uh, register at Frapper. Yeah. Because we love to know where you are, and we love to see pictures of you and where you live in the world so we can plan our next vacation. Right, <laughs> right Sebastian? <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? I want to go see James in, uh, in Dublin. Uh-huh. Well, it just so happens that Belfast is not far from there. Okay. Um, and... Don't forget to vote for us on Podcast Alley. It only takes a second. Thank you, Brian. That was we want to get in the top ten this year. Come on, people. Come on. It takes a second. You just go onto our main page, click on the Vote for Us on Podcast Alley, and you're at the page. You're ready to vote. It takes two seconds. Go yeah, into your email, confirm it, done. Boom. 
doesn't take long at all. You know, we might actually be looking into like something little special for every vote that we'll get this year. Uh, the guys uh, from uh, Star Wars Action News did something special for the holidays, and uh, it it, uh, it spawned an idea into my mind. So we'll see. We'll talk about it. We'll see what we can do. All right. So for all the crew here at Star Wars on Direct, I want to say, see you next time on Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. And you know what? You have to remember that Star Wars is forever. You were listening to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Be sure to visit www.swonzerec.com for more information about upcoming shows. This show has been brought to you by SimpleNet. Webmasters, online gamers, or administrators of e-business. At SimpleNet, we will always have a solution to meet your needs.